If you have ever asked me a question about LinkedIn or social media in any way, shape, or form, you are going to absolutely love this episode. I have with me the illustrious Andy Foote, and you probably, if you are anybody, you have seen him on LinkedIn. He is the author of three stunningly good LinkedIn profile summaries shared online by over 2,000 people. He is the number one most viewed writer on Quora for LinkedIn product profiles and groups. His 17 LinkedIn publisher posts have been viewed by almost 70,000 people. Over 3.3 million people have read his LinkedIn Insights blog since 2012, and he's built and currently manages 12 LinkedIn groups with over 54,000 members. So like I said, if you haven't met him up till now, I don't know where you've been. Welcome to the show, Andy. Hey, Priscilla. Thanks so much for having me on. It's really special to be involved with another LinkedIn influencer in that I feel like we can we can talk shop, but one thing I really, really love about you is you are just a direct no-nonsense answer to people. You don't fluff things up when they do not need to be more difficult than they are, and I think that's what I absolutely appreciate about the advice you you give to people. So let's get nitty gritty right at the beginning. You give so much advice out, but tell us what those building blocks are. What are people missing? What are those key ingredients for a successful LinkedIn page? Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for the the, the very warm intro um, and the the softball. So. Right. Okay. <laughs> it is, but I promise you by the end of this, they're going to get really hard. They're going to get softer. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I think that the, the key thing with, um, with building a profile page that, that really, you know, does things for you and um, causes people to take action is uh, authenticity. Uh, what I miss time and time again is um I don't know, I, I don't feel that I know the person, uh, you know, behind the profile. And that's, you know, that's something that I seek to always do with my clients is to uh, put their personality out there and try and, sure, I want to market them and, and sell them, but I also want to uh, share with the reader how they think, you know, what makes them tick and i think that's that's often the differentiator that is missing and that's you know just to go off at a, a brief tangent that's why i don't like the open to work uh, shiny new toy of that green circle on the headshot because it offers zero differentiation you know and you just disappear into the crowd you look to me like you're desperate and it has that whiff of you know i'm on my knees begging please 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 instead of hey I'm the shit. I've got, I've got stuff to, you know, stuff to add here. I'm a valuable asset. You should hire me now before your competitors do. And that's, that's a huge difference in the way that, you know, you, you portray yourself and, and you elevate your brand. So yeah, authenticity, uh, for sure. People just uh, tend to think of uh, the LinkedIn profile as set and forget. And actually, you know, it's a tool. Because once you've succeeded in pulling people to your profile page, yes, you better impress them, but also you have lots of work to do, depending on your objectives, of course, in terms of how you use LinkedIn effectively as a, as a tool to achieve, you know, whatever those objectives are. Oh, I love that about how people think of it as set and forget all the time, because this really needs to be very dynamic. And even there's a, a lot of opportunities for you to make it dynamic. Obviously, the 
the post, but also in articles, also in recommendations. There's just a lot of places where people can be nuancing what's going on. So when you talk about that, it's really more in the vein of, of nurturing the content you're putting out or, uh, or even your own profile. What are some things that come to mind to you about, about nurturing and, and how, and not even necessarily a hardcore, how often should you be changing it, but what kind of things are happening that should prompt you to be changing it? Yeah, so the notifications are the, the lifeblood in terms of, you know, your relevance on the platform, <clears throat> excuse me, on the platform. So, you know, you've got to obviously pay attention to those whenever you're tagged that you've got to get over there as fast as you can. Obviously, you know, if you've got a if you've got, if you've got a day job, then that's that's mobile uh, first and foremost. But you've got to be responsive. I mean, people often uh, say something along the lines of, wow, Andy, you're quick. And I'm what that tells me is that other folks are not. So if I think of, you know, in terms of my competitors, if they're taking their time to get back to a prospect, then, you know, that's, that's kind of ridiculous if we have that computer in the pocket when we're out and about and we, and we aren't responsive. So for me, it's, it's very quick to do. But um, yeah, other things that are going on, I think, on the platform are, are comments. So I, I, see, I see people using uh, comments as a great way to uh, essentially, you know, become uh, highly relevant. And I see people who understand the comment game uh, doing this well by adding meaningful value add uh, and uh, sure, you know, sharing personality via comments. So LinkedIn groups may have, you know, died on the may have withered on the vine over the last two years, mostly because of LinkedIn tinkering, it has to be said. But the new LinkedIn groups, as I'm fond of saying, can be found, they're alive and well around comments on posts. So you get, uh, you know, you get an interesting post that gets a, a decent amount of engagement. And then you get all of these folks piling in, in the comment section, and then they're meeting each other. And they're sparking off what you know, one another uh, say what, what they say to each other, and so you're you're having all this cool coalescing around around posts and you know via commentary that is very very uh, good to see. And you know, my approach is that I try and win the comment game. So I'm trying to get you know the most amount of likes for my comments because that essentially says, hey Andy, you nailed it. You know, uh, and of course, the way to nail it is to add what you know to make it uh, absolutely relevant, succinct. You know, as you said, it's a hallmark of what I do. I want to get straight to the point. Uh, and in the early days, Priscilla, you know, my writing on my blog, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly glad that it's been buried over time because it was shit, right? It was just, <laughs> it was just very, very chronically bad. And I'm glad that it's been swamped by the newer stuff because I, you know, I found my voice. I figured out that listen, I know I'm in love with language, I'm in love with words, but the best writing for me, the best technique for me is to write how I speak. And once I did that, I was able to capture my voice and I felt I was able to get closer to you know, the reader. So yeah, coalescing around comments, uh, very cool stuff there, but try and win the comments game. It helps you no end. And you know, uh, my story is very much, you know, I'm an overnight success that took 10 years, right? Because <laughs> I've been at this for a long time, daily obsessing about everything LinkedIn. I've been inhaling this stuff. And then, you know, I share what I know. 
Right. Well, you, you said at the beginning that people create a profile and set it and forget it. And then we just talked about how people create a post and they post it and forget it. And I love where you're taking us there and say there is a place where you can really win on the comment game. And um, and I, I want to just unpack that just a little bit more because I, I talk about this all the time to people because you said it was a tool. And then you kind of expect the tool to just do it itself it's it, it it doesn't it's a tool that you have to actually maneuver and so you mentioned going into notifications I just kind of want to highlight that for my listeners just as a kind of a backtrack here going into notifications because that is telling you what is happening in real time and it gives you the thread to be able to respond proactively I do remember almost a decade ago I, I remember feeling like notifications with worthless because when you're not doing enough it doesn't mean anything it doesn't yeah. mean anything to you until it starts meaning something to you so if you're if you've been on LinkedIn for just a little while and you may not have been doing the right things and you've let notifications just slide and say oh that's just I don't want to know about someone's birthday or something go back and and give it another shot because it is like Andy just said the lifeblood of LinkedIn it tells you where to go next it tells you what it's hot. It tells you who's connecting with you. But Andy, unpack that just a little bit further. People use this tool and then think it's either kind of like a little web page or they think, oh, it's the way that I can send um, creepy sales pitches to people in LinkedIn mail. <laughs> and what you mentioned about the comment game is gets us out of both of those. This gets us out of the, the very static approach. And it also gets us out of the very creepy approach. So talk a little bit more about the comment game and specifically about how you say people are meeting other people. What's that piece that you're doing that I think is that secret sauce about how we really do connect with people who are now interested in what we're interested in? So I'm that just a little bit sure yeah well it's all very dynamic and fluid and frankly you never know what to expect once you you know go uh, and follow those notifications and you respond to them so you never know who's going to turf up uh if i post something then i can i can guarantee that i'll see a certain amount of my tribe coming to uh support me essentially you know that's what's happening there oh it's andy foot let's see what he has to say and then they jump in because they're familiar with me right so it's it's familiarity and it's uh, cohesiveness and it's uh, part of a community uh, a traveling band of supporters it's really cool stuff um, but I, I want to go back to uh, engagement and also I want to encourage your listeners to think about what LinkedIn would have us do right because that should be quite formative if you think about it LinkedIn wants you to do what it wants you to engage it wants you to share data and it wants you to stay on their sticky platform for as long as possible in an ideal world they would want everyone to be like me and they would want you to be on the the platform 24/7 uh, engaging all the time and this is one of the reasons why you know they want the home feed uh, or they need the home feed to absolutely work in terms of serving you relevant content they need that to happen primarily financially right because that's where they serve ads so if that's not working for linkedin then that's a big problem financially for their bottom line. So uh, one of the ways they've done that is they've realized, Priscilla, that you know we're lazy, right? We don't like 
doing stuff if we don't have to, uh, if we're too busy to do it. Uh, and they realize that instead of expecting or relying on users to train their home feed by deleting content or you know uh, taking various other actions that you can do on the around the home feed they decided that they being linkedin data scientists they decided well let's monitor scrolling behavior let's see what they slow down on when they're scrolling over this very busy home feed right oh they're slowing down let's measure that oh they're clicking let's measure that how long are they spending on that content? Let's measure that before they bounce, right? And, and that historically then gives them a ton of data and uh, I think fairly good data in terms of uh, figuring out, okay, well, what's Andy, what's Andy uh, interested in? What's relevant to Priscilla? Let's try and serve them more of that. So, you know, dwell time, the dwell time tweak to the algorithm is actually a great thing. It's making it easier for us. And anything that makes, you know, content, you know, more appetizing, and more relevant to us, I think, is, is a good thing. But think about, you know, what LinkedIn wants us to do. They don't want short contents like, awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, they want long content. They don't right. long form, long form uh, content via comments. Um, so, you know, think about that and think about, responsiveness like i said if you're an author and you're posting something then you know, your job has only just begun because uh, as i describe you have to baby that post right you have to be responsive <laughs> or you have to hold its hand and, it, yeah. and sometimes you know a popular post will have comments coming throughout the day right. so you kind of have to be committed to being as re responsive as you can and these things change priscilla right we you know a, a, a friend of mine a fellow linkedin obsessive has uh, recently said that you know Andy I don't think it's the golden hour anymore I think it might be the golden day so in other words it used to be thought that you know the first 60 minutes after publishing was when you really had to double down on being responsive and watching very closely uh you know what the comments were how you could best respond and now you know my buddy is thinking you know Andy that that has changed because I'm I'm still getting a decent distribution to my mind, uh, but it's you know it's giving me more of a window to do that, and I'm also seeing some of that. I'm seeing comments now come in, you know, after 48 hours of me publishing a post, as an example. So that seems to me that there's this longer tail now of engagement where people, you know, typically are seeing the notifications perhaps later and then coming along to coalesce. Oh, I would absolutely agree with this. And I was actually going to bring up the golden hour because we have talked about this uh, many times online. And it is helpful still to remind people that, you know, do do tend to it very nicely in the first hour because it is a baby right then. Um, but I also am seeing on my profile and it has made me wonder, and I've talked with some people, you know, on my team about it is, are we seeing that because we have a solid a positive uh, feedback loop and that is, uh, that is is affecting the algorithm. And so because we've already kind of done that, we are getting a little bit more boost. I don't know if, if they've just extended the time or, or we, you know, we all don't know what the, the real mystery of the LinkedIn algorithm right. is, but um, I am also seeing that. So I'd like to just chime in on that and say, okay, if you, if you think this is happening, yes, I'm seeing it on mine as well. In fact, I was going to ask you how long you see that because I am seeing um, I am seeing four and not quite five. I cannot get to the end of a fifth day where it is relevant. At that point, you got to start over, <laughs> repose. But uh, uh, very commonly, I can get a three-day, you know, uh, you know, bump yeah. in in great content. And a lot of that, 
you know, video helps it be, you know, easily better content. But I want to go back to something you said about the commenting. Uh, LinkedIn wants us to do things which is helping LinkedIn make LinkedIn a more enjoyable experience for people because when they stay there longer, guess what? LinkedIn gets to sell them more ads for more time, right? So they're not this benevolent, you know, entity in the sky. They are an ad uh, company. <laughs> and Absolutely. I think just making people understand that at the beginning, it really, it really starts changing their mindset. So we need to do things that are engaging that will keep people there on the profile and obviously, hopefully more on our profile, um, more than anyone else. But you talked about those comments, not awesome, but hey, that's awesome. And this is why this is my experience and tag this friend tag Andy, what do you think, and being able to have conversations. And this is something that I think is very much missed. Even when people say, you know, put their LinkedIn profile on, and maybe they even change it every once in a while, then they'll post every once in a while. If they don't do that nurturing and that real um, dialogue and, and without inviting people into the circle, then it's really becomes, it's, it's hard for me to watch because it is really uh, just futility. You know, they're just posting, yeah. it's just taking up their time, but it's not really creating anything new. Let's take a short break. Teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. So do you have anything else to say about the commenting with other people? And I, I know that you and I are very good about going out and saying, if someone commented on my post and I'm not connected with them, by the end of this, we will be connected. Absolutely. But is there something else I've missed in that? Or have you do you have a good analogy about how you, like what, what it is you're thinking when you're out there on that comment train? Yeah, um, I think... I'm leading with with curiosity. I'm eternally interested in, uh, you know, my fellow human beings and trying to figure them out and where they're coming from. So uh, I particularly like, you know, uh, great dialogue that ideally, you know, I learn something new uh, because, you know, that's I'm kind of, you know, like a, not a polymath. I was going to say didactic. Uh, you know, I, I learn stuff as I go along and, you know, I make mistakes and then I learn from them. I think the discovery, uh, the curiosity, I think all of, all of that happens. Um, but also, you know, I had a, a, a podcast uh, episode with Shelley Elsliger, and she has this Decide to Be Kind campaign. And I wanted to get to bo the bottom of that. You know, where was she coming from on that? Because, you know, aren't most people, you know, uh, intrinsically kind to one another? Well, no, it turns out that some people aren't, right? We don't know. We're not walking in their shoes. And, you know, what I took away from that was that was, you know, from her, that was born of her experience. She had a bad uh, early public speaking thing when she was uh, at school and she left the, the, the stage in tears. And she, she also saw a pattern of that on LinkedIn. I think where I'm going with this is that in comments, you know, the comments that you get 
are not always going to be kind. Uh, the comments that you get are not always going to be helpful uh, or, you know, perhaps insightful. But you've still got to appreciate, I think, and acknowledge that that person has taken their valuable time to come to your content. And that's, you know, a- any kind of longish content, uh, sorry, comment around content is rocket fuel for your content, right? They're doing you a huge favor. They don't have to do that, right? There are, there are hundreds of thousands other, of other pieces of content that they could come to. So I think, you know, that's the mindset that I need to have that I would encourage, you know, your listeners to have is the, the curiosity, the uh, simpatico, the appreciation that people are, you know, are doing you a favor, as well as, of course, you know, the uh, opportunity to engage with new souls, right? People who are brand new to you. So there's always that network building opportunity too. As you said, you know, these things can often lead to either a following or, you know, the invitation to connect. And it's cool because if you've had, you know, if you've had some exchanges with someone who's no longer a stranger, then the next step is for them to send a connection request. And guess what? It doesn't have to, doesn't have to be customized because you already know John, right? Or you already know uh, Sarah because you've, you've you've kind of you've kind of sniffed each other's tails on LinkedIn. <laughs> I like it, but I don't know if I can get that out of my head. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know, you strike such a great balance. Um, You started with the idea of being authentic. You have to really let your personality show. But I think the other piece of it is that people feel weird being quote unquote authentic and still selling. I'm like, well, but that's authentically what you're here for. So trying to get people over that hurdle, you know, from, well, I, I just want to be nice. And I just want to talk about that. I'm like, yeah, but at some time, at some point, you're going to need to make the sale. At some point, you're going to need to tell people and be open about what it is that you need for them to do. Like, what is the ROI for you here? So tell me about those conversations. What, what have you done that to help people kind of get over that edge and get over that horrible, horrible fear of posting something, putting yourself out there, actually asking for a meeting, that kind, those kinds of conversations. Yeah, yeah so great question. And I, I often get uh, folks who, who work with me and who are, you know, excessively humble. And often it's a Midwestern thing, right? Uh, where, you know, I'm just not comfortable boasting, Andy. I, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as, you know, too self-promotional. And my response is, well, look, it's a fact, Jack. Okay, uh, you're you're good at it, and so you know there's there's no there's no um, you know there's no nothing fake about this. Uh, the fact is that you're very good at what you do, and so you know you owe it to yourself to market yourself, uh, you know, honestly, uh, in a forthright way, and you can do it right. Uh, you get the right wordsmith. You can do it in a way that doesn't come across as cringeworthy, and it's powerful, and it's good. And frankly, if you don't market and sell yourself well, who the heck is going to, right? <laughs> who else is going to do that for you? You have to do it. So, yeah, you have to, I think you have to do that. and You have to have that conversation with your clients. And as soon as I have that conversation, they say, you know what? You're right. I get it. You know, and and LinkedIn, it's public. You know, it's a very public profile. Uh, it's a very public platform. So, you know, you have to utilize that exposure uh, to the max. You have to do it 100%. You know, I, I get it. 
I get it that, you know, especially if, you know, for most of their career, they've just been nose to the, the, the grindstone, right? And they've been doing their thing and, and doing it exceedingly well. And perhaps now it's, oh, I have this profile. Oh, oh, I need to sell myself. Yeah, it needs, it needs a bit of a, uh, a switch, a bit of a mindset switch. Well, you and I have been in the business of, however we'd say it, social selling or uh, teaching digital transformation, teaching um, polishing of the old words on the LinkedIn profile for a long time. And I think we mutually could say that we feel a lot of times like what we say falls on deaf ears. And it wasn't really until COVID that some people woke up and said, wait a minute, if there aren't conferences, if there aren't coffee meetings, if there aren't two martini lunches, how am I going to make my numbers? How am I going to do this new life? And all of a sudden there was, you and I both know it, an incredible you know, re-engagement with the whole concept of of putting content out in a meaningful way. And of course, the people we've worked with for a long time, far ahead of the game. On the other hand, you and I are very hopeful people and and very optimistic. And you know what? The best time to start is today. Let's get started. So tell me what you've been hearing since the pandemic and really why, you know, what you would like to see happen with social selling. What, what, What do you think people should be reacting to and maybe what has been positive and negative about that experience for you? Yeah, I think the folks that are doing uh, social selling the best are essentially making it about, you know, real life stories and how they are, you know, not oversharing, but sharing in a good way. So uh, I think it's, you know, the good stuff that I've seen is relational. So they're, you know, they're pulling at strings that other people are also, um, also feeling. So yeah, I'm, I'm seeing more of that. I'm seeing less, thankfully, of uh, the folks who connect and spam, you know, in the first in the first message, uh, and I have a very low threshold for for that kind of stuff. I mean, even to the extent that you know, a chap connected with me recently the other week, and the, his very first outreach was, uh, "Here's some uh, thanks for connecting, Andy. Uh, here's some some stuff. Here's some free stuff uh, from from my wherever the heck it was." And I said, "All right, man, um, look." It's bad form for the first connection, uh, the first post connection message to be pushing stuff. I don't care what it is, but you're just pushing. It should have been, hey, Andy, what's going on in you know, Chicago? Uh, delighted to blah, blah, blah. And here's what I'm up to. Yeah, it could have been done a hundred different ways, but right. instead, I get this, it felt very boilerplatey to me. And, you know, he sent it to hundreds of people, thousands mm-hmm. of people. And it was like, I don't want your free stuff. You know, don't send right. me your free stuff, right? Because I can- I can, That I didn't ask for. Yes, that I didn't, exactly. <laughs> that's what the other, that's what another colleague said. Yeah, it's like, you didn't ask for it. And uh, so, you know, it's it's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. It's about doing it smart. And, yeah, you know, I, I think, I feel- and, and I feel I have felt sorry, fairly sorry for people who are in uh, any kinds of sales sales occupations uh, these days because I'm a showroomer, right? I, I, I if I want to buy something, then I got this. I, I go to the store, I take a look at it, and someone comes around and says, "Hey, you need to know." No, I, I know. I probably know more about this than you do, actually. And that's the challenge, right? The consumers these days, whether you're buying a product or service, they're incredibly well informed, and it's such it's such a hard job now for the sales person to you know make it about them and and choosing 
them instead of the product of the service. So I feel pretty bad for them on LinkedIn too, because you see the, you know, you see the people who are doing the numbers game that they will send that crap uh, to you as soon after connecting because it works for, you know, whatever, 2% of the people they try that crap with. Um, you know, but so I'm seeing less of that to answer your question. I'm seeing more, more intelligent marketing, which uh, tugs at, at heartstrings that shares uh, common experience uh, for sure. And I think at the end of the day, people are, are, are most interested in stories. You know, I love, I love when people are really good at telling stories, as well as, you know, sharing what's going on with them, and particularly if it's relevant. Mm-hmm. And I think the op- authenticity comes in here. It's, it's not to, like other people, I've, I've said these kind of comments, and they're like, oh, well, you just chastise people who are trying to sell. No, I don't have any shame with selling anything. And I certainly don't begrudge you using this tool to sell. So that is definitely not what I'm saying. But the authenticity piece comes in to be able to just have a small amount of etiquette, a little bit of how about this how about that I one guy sent me something right at the beginning of the pandemic he's like um let's just jump on a call and tell me what the most pressing issues at little bird marketing are I'm like dude I don't even know you I am not telling you you know just like it, it I talk about this a lot of times as a cocktail mentality see Andy you and I we would be great at a cocktail party because it's a little bit of you know give a little bit of take and then someone walks up and is kind of hovering and you go oh come into the circle oh I was just telling Andy about this and it's that same cocktail party etiquette that you need online to connect people correctly and to show up now I might be at that cocktail party to network I'm not going to hide that and I'm certainly not going to be ashamed of it but I'm also not going to be an asshole yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I, I, so you're exactly like me. If, if I'm at the cocktail party, I see someone who's uh, perhaps off on their own and I'm chatting with two or three people. I'll say, hey, come on, come and join us. Yeah. And I'll beckon them over. And they're so happy that, you know, I, I spotted that person and I'm bringing them in to the, the, the circle. The other interesting thing about sales on LinkedIn is the automation element that, you know, it's driven by machine learning, not, not AI, because AI is really... It's really advanced, but machine learning for sure. And I don't know if you've, you've probably seen this too, Priscilla, but uh, machine learning where essentially the there's language now that LinkedIn is offering to some users where it qualifies the prospect. So it's looking, it's mining, right, the uh, person's, the target's uh, profile, looking for, for common language. And they're, you know, I think the example I saw was something to do with, I think it was a headset. I see you're using one of our headsets and maybe that person commented about it. And so the person selling that headset was able then to let the bot do the initial talking. Uh, And then of course, if there's no response, then the bot goes away and tries it with someone else who's mentioned that headset. But if there is a response, then that signals to the, the salesperson, oh, Okay, I might have a I might have a live one here. Uh, so that's that's fascinating to me. If it gets that good, where it you know it it cuts it's it's efficiency, right? It's an efficiency play, and it makes more of the salesperson's time. Uh, and this is also coming through on on uh, comments. We've had you know we've had the auto complete uh, suggested bubbles right in Messenger, uh, and I confess I use them rather a lot because that's how good they are, right? You so, know what? I don't use them. You want to know why? Why? Because they don't have the correct punctuation. I'm so old. School. Oh my gosh! Get over yourself. I know. I really need to, but it's like I'm the CEO of a content, you know, That's agency, funny. and I can't do it. But yet, you're right. I agree with you. Like they do intuit. 
Yeah. What's next? And it, 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 why not? Why not take that piece out, you know, and, and help you move on? That doesn't make you less human. That gives mm -hmm. you more time to add your special human juju into the thing you're going right. to do next. And, uh, and you can yeah. show up and live and in your personality and with more energy when you're not having to respond to those little, you know, those little exactly. responses. <laughs> and where it gets, and where it gets really exciting is where you can't differentiate. You, you can't actually spot that it's a bot that's doing, you know, whether it's the early engagement or whether it's, uh, you know, running some comments for you around content, which, you know, has also been uh, tested. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's a fascinating area. Uh, and I think it's just going to improve all the time because, you know, LinkedIn certainly has the data and certainly has the wherewithal, right? It has the smarts to, to, to pull that kind of thing off. Absolutely. So I don't have a whole lot of people that I can ask these next set of questions to. So I'm going to, I'm here come the hardballs. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. So I, I have been lucky enough to be surrounded by great influencers. And when we all sit down and talk shop, we also have, I, I feel, uh, just in one small piece of our foundation, foundation, the commonality where we all feel that we do have some kind of a duty to advocate to make the space better. And I would love to hear about your thoughts um, with all of your experience. I mean, listen, LinkedIn does listen to you. <laughs> you know, I, I see some of the things that you put out, you know, toward them to ask them, hey, this is, you know, I know your business. You can't be a, you know, you can't just be a naysayer. I get that this is your business, but let me tell you one thing that would make it better for us out here. This is how we're wielding your tool. Um, don't you see how this could be better? So where do you feel you fit in in that sense of advocacy? And how would you say, like, you can even school me here on my podcast. How would you say we all could lobby better to make these experiences and and these platforms uh, uh, just a better place to to live. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think we do have a responsibility for trying to, uh, at minimum, you know, give the best feedback we can, uh, as well as, you know, input on the latest, uh, the latest things that are happening or the latest things that have changed on the platform. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I take, I take that responsibility and I, I, you know, I enjoy, uh, doing it where I think, oh yeah, look, I think a lot of people would be behind me, uh, on this, uh, on this suggestion. And the way that I do it is, um, you know, you mentioned naysayer and I think in the past I've probably been uber critical about the platform. You know, I, I, I very much have had a, a take no prisoners approach, you know, this is bullshit. Uh, not, not quite, but you know, that's been, that's been the tenor. That's been uh, some of the, some of the tone. And I think, uh, you know, in my older years, I'm probably becoming uh, a little more strategic about it. So uh, whenever I'm trying to get some kind of response uh, from LinkedIn staff, uh, I'll probably preface uh, anything I say with the fabulous and essential LinkedIn platform, right? <laughs> doing, a, doing a bit of gilding the lily and, and, and buttering buttering up. I think, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I owe LinkedIn uh, my livelihood. Uh, you know, I spent uh, a good chunk of my time invested in the platform and, and leveraging it to, you know, the max. But I think the way that I do it, Priscilla, is uh, I do it at different levels. If it's something that I think is a general thing, then I will uh, certainly, I will tag LinkedIn. So I'll name check LinkedIn and they'll see that someone from LinkedIn will see that. Uh, if it's appropriate, I'll tag LinkedIn help. 
which you have to do some gymnastics text gymnastics to do that to find it uh, but I generally you know type LinkedIn and space and then help and then you have to search for it but it, it's there and then the other thing I'll do the you know the the deeper level which I did recently for you know podcasts uh, it, it drives me crazy that everything else has kind of uh, been queued up to do quite easily on LinkedIn except podcasts you can't yeah. you can't actually play there's no there's no Reach embedded <laughs> yeah there's yeah there's no native and there's no way of embedding uh you know all or a chunk of your 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 podcast and it's it's annoying because of course you know what you're trying to do is get maximum engagement uh both on linkedin and to your podcast and you can achieve both you know i think that's that's eminently possible and indeed linkedin does give uh you know that option to their own podcast hello monday so we know it can be done technically and so i i tagged uh ryan roslansky and some other people and they came back said uh, i think it was daniel roth uh the linkedin editor um head guy uh responsible for content and he said yeah i think you know this is something that we're going to look into so it's always non-committal um you know that's that's fair enough but the fact that they come back i think is is you know gets them brownie points that's a that's uh always good to do uh business wise so that's what i'll do i'll tag them but only for stuff that i think is you know as i said widely supported you know seems to make sense perhaps something that they haven't thought of always like something that i think would add uh, a ton of value to to the platform i would be incredibly remiss if in this cocktail party that we've had if i don't ask you what you need and um just for giving the time to my audience and uh, being able to constantly impart really in providing gravitas to what I do and and how important it is, what we do online, how we're showing up, how we're being humans to each other on the platforms. With what you offer, Andy Foote, what, what are you looking for? Who are, who are the most ideal kind of clients for Andy Foote? Yeah, I'm looking for people who understand that LinkedIn is powerful and they just haven't quite figured out how to unlock the power that's i think my ideal client is they get it um you know they're they're ready to uh, put their best foot forward if you'll uh, forgive the pun (laughs) yeah and and yeah so and and they understand that it's you know it's a it's a a multi-pronged thing they ideally need someone who's a wordsmith who's a marketer and has you know deep knowledge of the platform uh you know i think that's who I'm looking to to, to work with. The gem, uh, yeah. if I may, the, the gem is, uh, I think, the fact that, as I already mentioned, you know, everything on the platform is public. So you can, you can see, you can see if pub, uh, you can see if content is doing well, or if it's, if it's, you know, died a death. I would, I would encourage your listeners to observe, be a keen observer, and to try and figure out uh, why content is doing so well? Uh, what exactly is making it, uh, you know, this this fabulous conversation topic? Why are a ton of people coalescing around something? And then, if you figure that out, then the next step is how can I use that for me, right? In terms of my objectives, how can I leverage that? in a way that works for me. And the, you know, the other thing is that there are so many different uh, ways that you can uh, go to market 
uh, in terms of you know your profile and your branding and your content and there are multiple ways of doing that so you can be creative and you can also experiment right try and uh, new stuff uh, regularly and then see what works best for you instinctively i i have done the the, the post plus uh, a, a document uh, which I call a, a, a article in a post wrapper because it gives me the, the short, sharp fix, right? The 1300 characters, but that attached document can be many pages long. And I've actually been you know, doing myself a huge favor with dwell time because that's exactly what dwell time rewards is that uh, you can pull them over. It's not a baity headline. It's not a baity, you know, first couple of sentences, but is, there's actually meat in the sandwich. They stay on that 1300 characters. They absorb that and then they start clicking uh, throughout, you know, throughout that document. So that's, uh, that's something that's worked for me. But on the other hand, you know, I'm hearing that uh, articles may be making somewhat of a comeback because newsletters uh, are now appearing in the articles tab for many people how they discover this i have no idea because who writes articles these days but apparently some people have gone onto the articles tab they see a newsletters uh, a newsletters uh, tab or function and they click on it and won't and behold they have the ability to set up a subscriber base which sticks with linkedin remember it's rented land you yes. can't take that <laughs> list anywhere else you can't take it to mailchimp as an example but that's exciting and that to me is perhaps an indication that uh, there's this lop lopsided focus on posts and has has been for, for for you know at least easily two years maybe this is linkedin's way of uh you know restoring the balance between long form and short form content so yeah it's all public reverse engineer figure out what, what works for you be creative be an experimenter uh and and good luck hmm, i love it and i you know just louis said there's some things we're noticing that are happening with golden hour and, and we've been around the block a lot with these things and so we notice when trends start to either fade or heat up and i have to say I was kind of, I'm just getting tired of the whole, like, why bother with the articles anymore? You know, I think about all the hundreds of articles. I'm, yes, they've served me well. They're part of my profile, but it is exciting for me to hear that you see that there may be some juice and maybe they, maybe LinkedIn has realized that they have so treated that so badly that, that, that feature has been so uh, underutilized in the last two years. And it has been, it has been painful for me, but because of that, because you pay attention, I've learned to pull that some of that content out and put it into those longer format posts. Um, but it would be nice to see them really use their article feature really to the, the degree that it could be used because it is a, actually a very fantastic feature for publication. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's someone at LinkedIn who's listening to this and they're, they're probably shouting, well, uh, should hope shout, so. they're <laughs> shouting at the speaker saying, no, hold on a second. It, we, we have given you the tools it's it's you that have decided to do posts you can do articles if you want but you have decided to do this not us so you know that's entirely possible because I, frankly you know posts are easy, a lot easier to do they're quicker to do and uh, they're you know they're what i call the newspaper on linkedin right they're fairly quickly discarded mm -hmm. and articles you know you know this but articles are indexed so uh, my buddy, you know, uh, Bruce Johnson in Toronto, he swears by them. He says, Andy, uh, articles I wrote on LinkedIn three years ago, they still get me uh, prospects. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's that long tail again. Um, yeah. Because well, posts are not, not indexed. I definitely, I definitely see the benefit and I have stuck with the articles 
uh, game because of that. I'm several hundred in Good and I haven't abandoned it, but I have to say I, I have very felt very much like they have not given it any attention for quite yeah. a while. Sign that lady up for <laughs> newsletter. Sign that lady up straight exactly, away. Exactly, exactly. Okay, I want to connect you with Andy, but it's Andy F-O-O-T-E because he's fancy like that. So you have to find him on LinkedIn. And if you haven't been following him, I don't know what you've been doing. So what I'm, I've been saying this, um, but he's super fun online. He just shows up as he is. As you can see, you can feel very comfortable inviting him to your cocktail party. He'll be a good time. Andy, thank you so much for coming on and talking just the real deal about LinkedIn. I love it. Priscilla, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.